Thank you for joining me on episode 34 of the Unique on a Purpose podcast, helping you find victory in how God has uniquely created you. I am your host, Rachel Jenneman, just a regular gal trying to help people know that they are called to be victors in Christ Jesus. And it is National Small Business Month in April. Husband, father, and entrepreneur Dave Sears shares how important it is to represent Christ in the marketplace. Hear how God is using Dave's unique business skills to reach more people for the kingdom. Welcome back to the Unique on a Purpose podcast. It's Rachel Jenneman, and I am here today with Dave Sears. Dave, thanks for joining me today. You're a local business owner, and so it was easy to kind of get you into the studio, but I'm upset that you didn't bring us Chick-fil-A, but... I'll, I know. I'll forgive well, you. it was it was the hour long line to get the sandwich, <laughs> or I would have brought some. But it you. was their pleasure. It would be Abs- their pleasure to serve you. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Big fan of Chick Fil A. Yes, Dave, you are a husband. You're a father. You're a former pastor turned business owner, and that's really where I want to go with this. April is National Small Business Month, and you now have your own small business. Well, you've had it for what four years now, Fresh mm-hmm. Coast Market. Uh, very popular in our area, and it was a business that was around for a while, but I think. Since you've taken it over, it's really exploded exponentially. Yeah, when we bought it, it was uh, Fieldstone Market. Mm-hmm. And so it was a typical convenience store, party store, if you will, on the west side of Traverse City. They had a they had a pretty good uh, following for their deli. But we really, um, I did a lot of research in the area and saw the demographic out in that area really was looking for more of a natural, holistic you know, food options and mm-hmm. quality. Mm-hmm. And so we transformed it over a two-year period from a convenience store to more of an upscale um, specialty grocery store. Mm-hmm. And so 6,600 square feet, we have over 10,000 items in the grocery side. We have the best gourmet deli anywhere in northern Michigan. We have a, a great coffee shop. Yeah, and, and our business is up 72% in four years. So we've, we've had some phenomenal growth. Uh, all, all glory to God. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, let's rewind a minute because... You were a pastor, and you were a pastor at some big-name churches. First, let's go back and tell me, how did you know that you felt called to ministry, to pastoral ministry? Sure. Well, that's, uh, interestingly enough, the the calling in my life to full-time ministry didn't happen until I was in my mid to late 20s, and I was serving at a camp as a volunteer in northern Canada. So our church, my wife and I lived in Tennessee at the time. In fact, we weren't married at the time. Uh, but our church went and supported this camp. It was like sort of like a mission trip, if you will, each year. Yeah. So I signed up to go on this to this to serve with these teenagers on in a camp. The first year that I went, it was great. This this one kid really connected with me, but he was trying to get kicked out. A lot of these kids, we were serving a lot of natives, native uh, Canadians. Mm-hmm. He was trying to get kicked out, and uh, long story short. Uh, a lot of the kids didn't want to be there. You mm-hmm. know, mom and dad sent them there as a way for mom and dad to get a break. Well, I wound up going back the next year and actually had to step down from my job because God, I felt God call, was calling me. But my job said, no, you can't. It was like the 4th of July was mm-hmm. when we went up there. And long story short, I wound up leading this kid to Christ the second year after I had to step away from my job in order to f- fulfill God's calling to be there. Mm-hmm. And And I just realized I was in the grocery store industry at the time. And I just realized that life is not about green beans and corn, mm-hmm. that it's about people. Yeah. From that point forward, I've just really focused my attention on how do we grow and develop people to love Jesus more. Mm-hmm. And then how did that turn into pastoral ministry then? 
So after my wife and I, my wife and I met in, in Knoxville, Tennessee, mm-hmm. after we got married, I'd already felt called into ministry at, at that point when we were in Knoxville. Mm-hmm. And so we, my wife was from Lansing. I had lived in the Ann Arbor area for a few years. We felt called into full-time ministry at that point. And so we got married and moved literally the week or two after our wedding. Yeah, because um, that's not stressful at all. <laughs> no, no. So we left both of our jobs. Um, we got married. We moved from Tennessee to, to Grand Rapids, Michigan, and I started school at Cornerstone down in Grand Rapids mm-hmm. and um, graduated from Grand Rapids uh, or from Cornerstone uh, University and Grand Rapids Theological College. And so went to work at different churches uh, around the country, including Willow Creek at the time. Had some really great exposure to a lot of great leaders in the church world. Mm-hmm. So that's that's sort of how that all got uh, played around for about uh, about eight years. I was in full-time ministry. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly now you just decided to own a business like you just made this huge switch. Sure. Yeah. So I, I tell everybody the name on your paycheck does not determine the calling in your life. Mm-hmm. And so the name on my cha- paycheck, even though it doesn't say church, doesn't mean that I'm any less in, involved in being a pastor now than when I actually received a paycheck from a church. Mm-hmm. In fact, I would argue that I get to talk to hundreds of people every single day that are far from God, that would never come to church with me. Yeah. And I get to be the light of Christ to them every single day in my business. Mm-hmm. And so we're really, really intentional um, about our faith in the marketplace. And so when my wife and I were in full-time ministry, we just asked ourselves, you know, is this, do we really feel like this is what God was calling us to? And we we felt like God kept leaning, taking us back to our, our business days when we were both in the marketplace and how much God had used us in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. I can remember being, uh, ran supermarkets for almost 15 years and I remember um, one of my floral managers came up to me, and he was openly gay. And he came up to me, and he, and he slammed the door in my office. I'm like, oh, this is not good. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, he said, what's different about you? I said, I said, what do you mean? He's like, I know you're a Christian, and you know I'm gay, and yet you still treat me with kindness and love. Mm. He's like, why? And I was able to share the gospel with him. Now, I'd love to say he prayed and received Christ <laughs> right, right there in my right, office, right, and he right. didn't. But I realized that it's story after story like that where God has really used us in the marketplace to be a life for Christ without inviting people to church and handing out tracts or anything like that. You don't have to be weird. But mm-hmm. just do what you're called to do with the intentionality of loving others like Christ would love them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a selfless you know, servant leadership is what that really boils down to. Mm-hmm. Was it when you were in Grand Rapids that you decided to build to – Get back in the marketplace, or were you in Chicago? No, we were actually in, we, we, we've we had a, a few different stints in, mm-hmm. in full-time ministry, and so we actually planted a church in Saginaw, so we, we left Chicago, uh, we were in Chicago for a few years after Grand Rapids, and then moved to Saginaw to plant a church, mm-hmm. and then um, ultimately that's where we felt like God was saying, hey, you know, I really think that my, our calling, or really affirmed our calling was more in the marketplace than in full-time vocational ministry, if you will. Mm-hmm. And then what brought, what led you to Traverse City? I think so. We moved from Saginaw to Oklahoma City for about almost 10 years, um, for almost a decade, which is where um, we raised our family. We adopted four kids in Oklahoma City. But our hearts were always in Michigan. Mm -hmm. Um, Our hearts were always in Michigan. We thought we were going to come back to Grand Rapids because we really love Grand Rapids. Mm -hmm. But we had lived in some bigger cities and we were just at that point of being tired of the concrete jungle. Okay. And um, we just had the desire to slow down life, to live a little bit slower life. I just had the dream. Slow life, you own a business, but okay. All right. But this is the whole dream, right? (laughs) And um, we don't sit in eight lanes of traffic, Mm -hmm. you know, so I I, I love when people complain about traffic here. I'm like, you haven't been to Chicago or Atlanta or LA, (laughs) have you? So anyway, we moved, uh, we we felt God was calling us and, and 
we just started looking and then we started asking the question, what if, mm-hmm. you know, we, we knew about Traverse City, we'd come up here several times. So we just started asking the question, what if, you mm-hmm. know, could, could we live in Traverse City? How do you make a living? How do you, you know, what does that look like? And so for three years, we just kept praying and asking God to open doors and, um, and the whole miraculous aspect of how we got up here was just nothing short of miraculous. Mm-hmm. So here we are, you know, five years later um, with a thriving nationally recognized business that uh, is just glorifying God in everything that we do. When you say you're glorifying God in everything you do, tell me about that. Because we were talking earlier about how sometimes we see pastors, we almost put them up on this pedestal as being really spiritual, but you're taking that spiritual aspect and you're bringing it into your business to glorify God in everything you do. You told me at one time that you don't feel like you left the ministry. Absolutely. That you're still doing ministry. Go just dive deep into that. So I I would actually argue that I believe that we're doing more for the kingdom right now with what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Now, this is our calling. This is not, I'm not trying to talk pastors out of right. you know, leaving no. full-time vocational yeah, ministry. We need them. Stay where so, you're at. Um, <laughs> so, but again, I think it's the understanding of that as a believer, as a follower of Jesus Christ, we are all called to be pastors. Mm. The term pastor simply means shepherd. Mm-hmm. And we're, you know, my mentor, who is um, uh, one of my professors at Cornerstone, he, he, he shared with me, there should always be somebody pulling you up you know, spiritually, and you should always be pulling somebody else up. Mm -hmm. And so um, how are we discipling um, people within our lives? I would say that, you know, we we just got to focus on whatever, are you, are you a flower maker, a homemaker? Whatever your role is in life, how do you put God first in raising your kids, growing flowers, changing diapers, whatever that looks like, putting Christ first in every aspect of our lives is what's the most important. Um, I tell you the, we, we got a lot of recognition last year, including a national award from Boar's Head, which was great. But the single greatest acknowledgement or single greatest thing for me of the entire year was a message that we got, that I got from one of our customers. We did several um, community service projects this past year. And one of them, we got a little pushback some, from conservatives, which was sort of weird. But um, mm-hmm. uh, And we try to keep politics out of our business. But this one lady messaged me and she said, um, she said, I don't believe in your God or your politics. But she said, I can't deny who your God is mm. because I see him in your, in your business every day. Mm-hmm. And so to me, that was the greatest um, compliment that I, I mean, that was better than any of the awards that we got because here's somebody that says, I'm not a follower of your Jesus, but I can't deny that I see him in your business every day. Mm-hmm. And she just said, she said, thank you for always staying for integrity and for doing the right thing and for supporting our community and you have my business. And so like, to me, that was the greatest highlight of my entire year last year was hearing that from somebody who's far from God, yeah. but yet she can't deny that she sees him. So, okay. You did mention integrity, excellence, but how do they see God in your business? What is it that you are doing, whether it's with your employees, whether it's with the business itself, what are you doing that people see that you're different? Yeah, I think it really comes down to recognizing that every day when I go to work, it's always about people. And on my way into work every day, I pray, you know, God, help me not to miss the opportunities that you've already ordained for my day. Mm-hmm. So, so many times, no matter what our profession is, we get busy. Mm-hmm. And and the enemy loves busyness. As Christians, he knows that he's lost us, but he wants to distract us or keep us busy so that yeah. we can't see the work in front of us that God has for us. Mm-hmm. And that's real, that's not, that's hard. You mm-hmm. know, that's hard to create that margin because God works within margins. It, it's it's incredible. I, I just try to be aware of the conversations. I try to be aware of employees who are going through a hard time and just say, hey, 
I'm praying for you. I just want to let you know that. And sometimes I'll text them and say, I'm just praying for you today. Mm-hmm. Th- that just goes you know, a long way. We had a customer that came in a couple months ago and um, I was back in the office. She came in in tears. She specifically came up to the staff and asked for me. Mm-hmm. And I went up to this person. I said, are you okay? Because she's a regular customer. Mm-hmm. She said, no. I said, what's going on? She's like, she had just lost somebody that was close to her, mm. a, a, a good friend. She's like, I just woke up and God told me to come here. Wow. I mean, how do you, you know, it, it's just like when you're open and people know I'm, I'm very bold about my faith, but I don't, I'm not like aggressively, like we don't, you know, we don't post Bible verses on our you know social media accounts every day, mm-hmm. but we live it out. And when it comes to Easter and Christmas and different times of the year, we absolutely post about our faith and, and, the, and the love of Christ, you know, using our business accounts and so forth. So um, I think it's a balance of, you know, at the end of the day, we're, we're about good quality food and, and great customer service. We get compliments every day about the the amazing team that we have at the store. Mm-hmm. And and that's, you know, all glory to God and, and how he has uh, brought that team together. So we were one of the few businesses anywhere in, in northern Michigan that was fully staffed all year last year. Mm-hmm. That caught the attention of a Detroit Cranes uh, journalist oh. who wrote a story uh-huh. on our business. And mm-hmm. they were fascinated by how we were able to stay fully staffed all year. Mm-hmm. And it was really funny because you can tell this this journalist was not... A, uh, a believer. And I kept coming back to, you know, my faith. Mm. And she'd say, well, I know your faith, but, <laughs> but no, what's really the no, secret? What's really yeah. going on behind And the so scenes. she wrote an amazing uh, article on us uh, that was published nationally. And the faith aspect didn't make the article. I didn't expect that it would. Um, <laughs> but it was interesting how I was able to use that time to give like the only, the only thing I can explain it is, is God. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not, I'm not that good. Yeah. We're just really intentional about our faith without being abrasive about it. Well, and you oftentimes hear that people don't necessarily want to hear our words. They want to see our actions. And that's what you're doing. You don't have to shove Bible verses down somebody's throat to prove that you're a Christian. It's because of God's kindness that leads us to repentance. It's the kindness that we show to other people. And the fact that you say that you genuinely care about the people that are coming in and you're building relationships with them. People yeah. don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. Absolutely. Well, and, and you know, we've we've continued to invest and give back into the community instead of putting money in our own pockets. And so, I mean, we're almost running it as a nonprofit. I hate to say that. <laughs> um, but, uh, I mean, it is a very profitable business. But we, we give a lot uh, of resources away to help families out and help our, our team members. We're at that point where we've been able to do some really fun things where we can just walk up to people and say, hey, God called me to do this and just mm-hmm. bless them. Yeah. And you just see tears start flowing from their eyes. It's fun. Um, it's fun to see, you know, our, our, our calling really is to make as much money as we can to be a blessing to others. Mm-hmm. And so generosity really is a platform for why we exist. And, and I'm glad you said that because I think there is a misconception among Christians that you can't make money. That money, in a sense, is evil and it's bad. And no, God has called us to create income so we can bless other people. Absolutely. And I had a, I had a pastor who was famous for saying the kingdom of God is not funded by the widow's two mites. Yeah. You know, you you. It's great that you give sacrificially, but that's not how the gospel's going to be spread. You need to create right. income. So you can push it forward. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the at the end of the day, no matter how much money you make, are you known as a generous person? Mm. You know, because we talk a lot about the tithe, you know, in the church, yeah. but we don't talk as much about generosity. And really, you look at the you look at the premise of the gospel. The gospel is about generosity. Mm-hmm. I mean, much more than it is the tithe. I mean, the tithe is the foundation, but generosity goes way above and beyond that. Yeah, that's true.
how, how are we living our lives as generous people? Like, mm-hmm. do, do people see through our generosity and how we love and how, how we care for each other? Like, how do we take care of our own employees? Mm-hmm. Do they see that in us? And, and we have customers every day that walk in and say, you have the best team anywhere in, in Traverse City. Mm-hmm. Like, I can tell you take care of your people. Wow. And they don't even need, to, need me to say anything. Yeah. They can just say, we can tell you take care of your people because you have, like, from one side or the other, they're all just great people. How are you taking care of your employees? Because if this if there's somebody listening that does have a small business, I mean, I'm sure they'd like to know how can they better take care of their employees. Yeah, and I mean, from a Christian perspective. Sure, I think at the end of the day, you know, uh, you can pay people really good, you can give them great benefits, but at the end of the day, they want to know that you care. Yes, you know, and um, it it really comes down to people and having a heart to be a servant. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really it boils down to servant leadership. It boils down to they know that if they're shorthanded, I'm going to jump in there and help them. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to roll up my sleeves and get in there and help them. They know that I care, genuinely care. I mean, we've we've taken several steps to you know financially help some of our employees who are struggling. Um, we have uh, gone above and beyond to work with their schedules, and you know we have. 14-year-olds all the way up to 70-year-olds that work in our business, and we're really proud of that. We just hired a, a, a woman that uh, moved here uh, from Russia, and so she starts in a couple weeks. And mm-hmm. I was interviewing her a couple weeks ago. You, you have the official interview questions, if you will. I could tell that you know she was struggling. Mm. And so I said, um, I said, are you okay? And she just started crying. In an interview. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you handle that? You know, like, where, where is that? What chapter is that on in, in Bible teaching or even in any handbook, right? Like, right, 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 you know, right. I've gone to, gone to school and all this, but like, that's not in the handbook. And so I just said, I just said, can I pray for you? Mm. And I just said, can I pray? She has family in Ukraine yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. And she has family in Russia right now. And both sides are struggling. Yeah. I just said, can I pray for you? You know, that that's, to me, at the end of the day, like we've got to be aware of that. We've got to be aware of those those little nudges that God puts in our day. And if you're not seeing that at all, you know, as, as a leader, mm-hmm. you're probably not looking. Mm. You, your focus probably is not on the gospel. It's probably more on on the business needs. Mm-hmm. And um, I just challenge other business leaders, like God, if God called you to do what He's called you to do, He will provide and give you all the tools you need to be successful. Mm-hmm. Focus on the people that are in front of you, both your customers and your and your employees. And take good care of them. Mm-hmm. And, and you'll never have to worry about profits. And I think just like any vocation, you have to be called to run business. I don't think anybody can just be an entrepreneur. I mean, because what you do totally overwhelms me. <laughs> but I think it's because it God's called me. you. <laughs> but I think God's called you and God's yeah. anointed you to do what you're doing. Well, you know, it's I can look back and, you know, at, the, at different stages in my life. I'm almost 50 and um, I know I look like I'm 23, but um, but <laughs> no I can comment. look back at different stages of my life and I'm like, God, why am I doing this? Mm. Like, I feel like I'm just like completely wasting my time right now, you know, it, doing this this job. It doesn't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. And I can see now at the age of 50, God used all these different elements in my life. I, I've got a really eclectic background. I worked in food and beverage. I was a full-time pastor for almost eight years, oil and gas, IT oil and gas. I worked for um, Starbucks Coffee Company. We've adopted four kids. And so I've just, we've just got a really weird you know, background. But I can see where every aspect of those elements has really helped prepare me for what God's called me to do ultimately, which is to make money to support and, and, and resource mm-hmm. other ministries and, mm-hmm. and, and those that are, that are also being ministers to the kingdom as well. well and that's a good point, too. You have spent so many years with God preparing you. I don't think people realize that 
oftentimes you're not going to be doing your calling at 23 years old. But you might with, be. You might be, but not often. A lot of times your calling really doesn't come until your 40s and your 50s, and that's when you're really jiving. I think you can, I think you can, so I would argue that I think you could be doing your calling, but you may not see the full picture of that calling. Right. You know, so like, why am I holding babies? I'm 22 years old or whatever in the the nursery. Like, Mm -hmm. it seems like it's meaningless. Mm -hmm. You have no idea that God might be preparing you to launch and start a, you know, a children's ministry or some nonprofit or some for-profit ministry, you know, 20 years down the road. Then he used that very moment to better equip you and prepare you for the bigger thing that he had. Mm-hmm. And so, so we just have to be faithful, you know, going back to being faithful in the small things, mm-hmm. you know, so that God can prepare us and give us the tools that we need to do the bigger calling than what he's called us to do. Going back to your employees, do you find it hard to balance trying to minister to both the unbelievers and the believers? Uh, no, I don't treat them any differently. How do I word this correctly? Would any of them see that there's favoritism no, one way or the other? No, I don't think we show favoritism. We have we have mm-hmm. non-believers that work at Fresh Coast Market. We don't we obviously don't ask people to. Right, you know, right, right. When you're can interviewing. You re- can you recite this, uh, the Nicene Creed for us, you know, before, you know, can you say the Lord's Prayer, you know, right, 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 right. in three languages, please. Yes. You know, Hebrew and Aramaic. Yeah. No, obviously we don't ask those type questions. Uh, what we're looking for is we're looking for people that that smile. Mm-hmm. You know that that show up to work that have good work ethics. That's all mm-hmm. we're looking for. And we have we have a lot of non-believers that work at Fresh Coast Market. They're just good people, yeah. right? And so, and I and I love that. Mm-hmm. You know, I love that aspect. I don't want a Christian huddle with just a bunch of Christians. Right. Like that to me seems useless. So I, I love that um, that I got a call this week from a local leader that um, there's an Af- one of the Afghan refugees is in town looking for work, mm-hmm. and like we started talking about that, and so like that excites me. You know, yeah. I love the diversity and, and just being available, mm-hmm. you know, for Christ. Yeah, and no, I don't I don't treat him any differently. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just think at the end of the day. You know, Jesus didn't treat people differently. He treated everybody with love and kindness and respect. And mm-hmm. I'm not perfect at it, mm-hmm. you know, but but every day I go to work with how can I serve others? Yeah. Like that's, that's really at the end of the day what it's about is how do I serve the people around me? Mm-hmm. In your business, I notice you're always trying to pursue a higher level of excellence. Sure. Absolutely. How can someone else in their business do the same thing? Yeah, I mean, I, I, we don't. We serve a God of excellence, right? So no matter what you're doing in life, again, whether you're a business owner, stay-at-home mom, or a pastor, or whatever that is, I, I believe we should be striving for excellence in everything that we do. Colossians three twenty three, mm-hmm. in everything that we do, do it heartily as to the Lord, as unto men. Mm-hmm. We should be striving for excellence in everything we do. We serve a God of excellence. Yeah. And, and we're starting to get that recognition now. You know, mm-hmm. it, it was interesting. We got this National Aborted Award last year, which was, you know, monumental for us. You mm-hmm. know, we're a small little market in northern Michigan, and we were the 38th market of distinction from Borset. Well, Borset is the most premium deli provider anywhere in the United States. And they've only given this award out 38 times in 20 years. So less than two times a year nationwide. Mm-hmm. And we're one of only two markets in the entire state of Michigan that has it. In 20 years. Mm-hmm. It's pretty impressive, right? Yes. But but more than the award were the conversations. And and we got secret shopper. We didn't even know this, but they actually flew executives in from New York. Oh. When we got nominated, uh-huh. they flew executives into New York in from New York just to fly into Traverse City to secret shop our store. Oh wow. And um they, they came in twice. And, and and they said to me, now these are not believers. Yeah. And they said to me, There's something very unique and special here. There's something different here. And we like it. Nice. 
And it gave me the opportunity to say, you know, we just believe in treating people with, with, with kindness and fairness. We believe in, you know, supporting our community, mm-hmm. you know, and, no, and, and I don't even have to say, and, and we invite everybody to church and <laughs> we hold Bible study groups on Tuesday night at the store. Like, like, I think sometimes we try to make things too Christianese. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, we just have to be kind, yeah. be giving, be generous, be aware. Mm-hmm. I think it's a lot simpler than we try to make it. It's it's very hard, but it's also very simple. Yeah, I'm about to say there is there is a, a difficulty there just because there are so many people in the culture, in the world that say, you just need to be kind. But yet they're not being kind as they're telling us and yelling at us to be kind. Sure. But you're genuinely doing it. And yeah. it's because of the Christ that lives in you. Yeah. And it's just, it's just, I I hear it all the time and we hear it every single day in our market. People walk in and say, there's something different here. Mm -hmm. There's something, well, that started off by when we, before we even bought the, before we finalized the business, I would sit in the parking lot and pray over the business. And I would pray for our neighbors to around us that live near us. I do regular prayer walks around the building Mm -hmm. and actually pray over the business, pray over the customers and the employees that come into that business that they would sense and see the Holy Spirit. Every single day without fail, we have customers walk in there and say, there's something different here. Mm-hmm. And we can say, yeah, yeah, there is something different here. Now, I know the answer, but I'm going to ask anyway. Do you miss the church world? Um, I'm still in the church world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never uh, never left the church world. And that's and, and I, I get that question. They'll You know, I'll get that question every now and then. So you were a full-time pastor for 10 years. Like, you know, why did you step away? I'm like, I never stepped away. Mm. In fact, I'm doing more for the kingdom right now and what God's called me to do than I ever did when I was in full-time vocational ministry. Mm-hmm. Now, again, just to reiterate, that's my calling. Right. That's, that's you. That's, that's not, not to say pastors that pastors in general. are yes. not, you know, fulfilling their call because yes. we, you know, God just showed my wife and I where we were both being used in incredible ways in the marketplace. Um, and my wife, Jennifer, she, she's also equally being used by God in our community through, um, through nonprofits and through our business as well. And so we, we just love what we do. Mm-hmm. One last question before we're done. How in the world are you managing to balance your business, your business slash ministry and your family? Because yeah, you have four adopted kids, but you have six total, don't mm-hmm. you? We do. And you're homeschooling all of them. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's a lot. How are you able to balance? We also started a thriving nonprofit this year as well. And so that's a challenge. I Mm -hmm. mean, we we battle, my wife and I battle that every day. My wife and I recently went to a marriage conference a couple weeks ago. We were talking with one of the staff members of this church. We were talking about this very topic. Mm -hmm. And uh, he gave me a quote. And I I keep, you know, keep this right in front of me all the time because it's so important. And, and he said, um, we as a staff really look at, are we looking at values over opportunities? And so are we making decisions based on values, the values that we hold as a family, as mm-hmm. a business, or are we looking for opportunities? So one of the challenges that, that I have faced and our family has faced is we have tons of opportunities. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I could grow Fresh Coast to six, six locations in northern Michigan, 500 employees, but is that what God's called us to do? Yeah. So we actually recently stepped, we're, we're asking ourselves just because we can, doesn't mean we should. Mm-hmm. So just because we can continue this exponential growth year over year, doesn't necessarily mean that we should continue it year over year. Mm-hmm. So as an example, we just scaled back our hours in the evenings and on weekends intentionally because we wanted to give a better um, environment for our team members mm-hmm. and for our family. It's interesting because the first three days that we've done this, we actually scaled our hours back. We saw increased sales. 
Completely. <laughs> it's, it's just God's math, right? It's the way yeah. God does things, <laughs> right, right? Right, right, And so our sales the last three days that we scaled things back were higher than they were the week before the same week with the extra hours in there. Mm-hmm. Our team members were like, man, we really like this. This is so, this is so nice because we're closing a little bit earlier in the evenings, uh, opening up a little bit later on weekday, uh, weekend mornings, and our team members really appreciate that. And mm-hmm. so... You know, that values, are we looking at values instead of opportunities? I think it's really important. And what we're trying to ask ourselves on a daily basis to keep ourselves, because again, we can be busy doing a lot of good things right? and miss the excellence of what God really wants us to focus on. And it's a challenge for me, just like it is for everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, how do we focus on the, on excellence? Because there's good stuff that pops up all over the place, right? Mm-hmm. Even as Christians, all these, you say, well, this is a great Christian thing, mm-hmm. but is does it, does it, compete against the values of what God's called our family or our business to do. Mm-hmm. And it's, again, the enemy tries to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to keep us busy. Yeah. He wants to keep us sidetracked. Mm-hmm. We actually, you know, founded our business on John 1010. So our, our legal business name is Fieldstone 1010 oh. based on John 1010. Mm-hmm. And so the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they may have hope. They may have joy to the full and life to the full. We want to make sure that we're living that life to the full, mm-hmm. you know, that we're not missing out on the on the greatness of God because of the busyness of trying to grow a great business. So there, there's a balance there, too. Uh, and and that's a that's a daily challenge for us to keep those values in front of us. Mm-hmm. No matter where God's called us, whether it's to pastoral ministry, whether it is to be a waitress, whether it is to be a barista or a CEO of a company. I believe that wherever we're at, it has to be a calling from God. Obviously, God's called you into the entrepreneurial world. If someone out there right now is listening and they say, I feel like God is calling me to start a business, what would you end with right now to with some advice? Come work at Fresh Coast. <laughs> <laughs> move to Traverse City. Um, yes, move to Traverse City and come work at Fresh Coast. Um, no, uh, I, what's the next step? Mm-hmm. Take the next step. Okay. And and I tell everybody, you know, because we get, I'll get the question all the time. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm. Like, I don't know. Like, I just feel lost. I feel like I don't have a purpose. Mm-hmm. And the best way to find your purpose is to start serving. Mm-hmm. Start serving in your local church. Start serving in your community. And, you know, there's a lot of anxiety and depression and anxiousness going on in our world right now with everything going on. And we just have to remember, God's still in control now, just like he was two, three, four years ago or 40 years ago, 400 mm-hmm. years ago. And so we just have to look for opportunities to serve the people in front of us. Too often we are looking for that next thing. Well, when I get here, Mm. when this happens, Mm -hmm. then I will start following God. Then I'll start giving more money. Mm. Then I'll start giving more time. Yeah. Where you're at right now is where God has you for a reason. Mm -hmm. How can we be used by God in exactly where we're at today? And if he wants you and he opens that door for that next thing that you're dreaming about, he cares about the desires of our hearts. Yeah. He cares about the things that matter to us. And so he wants to fulfill a lot of those, those visions and those dreams. He's put those in our hearts and our minds. But we have to be faithful in the small things and serve. And that might be serving you know, our kids. That might be serving our spouse. That might be serving our church. But I tell everybody, you know, it's like once you're serving and you're putting smiles on other people's face and you're saying, God, use me to put a smile on that person's face. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden you feel better about yourself. You feel better and you get affirmed of your callings and what God's called you to do. Or you say, okay, maybe, maybe the nursery wasn't the right place for me. Maybe, maybe I need to be a greeter. Maybe I need yeah. to be in financial you mm-hmm. know, aspects because Nancy, who's my business partner, um, she is uh, amazing with numbers. 
and she she finds missing pennies. I mean, she's she's that good. Mm-hmm. And and that's her calling. Mm-hmm. You know, her calling is in finance, mm-hmm. and she loves it. Like I. I love analyzing numbers, but I hate getting them to where they're, you know, to that point. And so to me, like I'm an operations guy, I'm a people guy. I don't want to sit in the office and work on numbers all day. I want to analyze the numbers and see how we're doing. Mm -hmm. She loves putting all those numbers together. Mm -hmm. She's, and I keep reaffirming like you're doing like, you're doing kingdom work by working in QuickBooks and working in Excel spreadsheets and you know, by working with the banks and all these different things, like that's your ministry, your calling, and she loves it. Mm-hmm. And so just wherever God's got you right now, have joy, mm-hmm. let people see Christ through what you're doing today, and then see what God, that next step is that God has for you next. Mm-hmm. And if you're not sure, come work for us at Fresh Coast. <laughs> <laughs> sounds good. Are you paying for their plane ticket to move out here? Absolutely. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Well, Dave, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate your insight and your wisdom. Thank you once again for joining Dave and I on that great conversation. If you feel God leading you toward owning your own business, remember to start out first by keeping Matthew chapter 6 in mind. Seek first the kingdom in everything that you do. Don't forget to share, download, and subscribe. And remember, you were created unique on purpose. You are loved, and because of Christ, you have been made worthy. I'll see you right back here next week.